Welcome back to Idgits and Asbuts. My name's Rochelle. And I'm Lynn. And today we are talking about Season 2, Episode 17, called Heart. We start out in a crowded bar full of people who are dressed like they just got off work. There's a girl named Madison who is sitting at the table with some other girls laughing. A man walks up to her, and it's her boss. He says, hey, Maddie, listen, I hate to pull you away, but I'm going to need you to come back to the office with me. She says, really? Mm-hmm. And he says, yeah, it turns out I got to file those docs by midnight. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need you to, uh, this isn't working at all, is it? <laughs> she says, no, <sighs> it's not, Nate. He says, listen, I had a couple. I shouldn't really drive. Could you just give me a lift? But she says, I already called you a cab. I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> so he walks away, and one of the girls at the table asks, that happened a lot? Madison says, only on days that end with a Y. <laughs> at least, okay, at least he's not, like, super lecherous about it. Like, you could tell he's, like, he just really likes her and is, like, just trying. It even seems he like he's really not likes gonna, her. Yeah, yeah, and not just, like, a, oh, you're hot, let's, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> I don't know. I think it's kind of, like... It's still a little bit much, but it's still kind of, it, to me, it's a little bit, it's kind of endearing. Yeah, it, was, it was cute. It, it didn't seem lecherous at all. Yeah. 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 So she looks towards the door and notices a guy staring at her. He looks totally out of place with, like, long hair and non-office clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Madison looks troubled, and her friend asks her if she's okay. She looks back over at the guy, but he's gone. Madison says, I've got to go, and gets up to leave. So we cut to her walking in a dark, creepy parking lot. By herself like an idiot. Oh, hey, at least have your pepper spray out, man. Or something. Yeah. (laughs) She hears some garbage cans rattle behind her, and it turns out to be a dog that looks a lot like a wolf rummaging through the trash there. So she finally gets in her car, and when she drives away, we see the dude from the bar watching her. Like a total creeper. Sketchy. Okay, we cut to the morning at the office. Madison is getting the coffee ready when she notices blood on her boss's office door. So she goes inside and she sees her boss laying on his desk, dead and bloody, with a huge hole in his chest. He died real gross-like. Oh, yeah. And then we got our opening title sequence. So we cut to the morgue. The mortician pulls the boss's corpse out of a body drawer. Sam and Dean are dressed up like cops. Um, I don't think they're actually dressed up like cops, but they've said they're cops. Yeah. It was like, this is a weird, a weird scene where like, they don't really tell you that until like way, way afterwards that they're pretending to be cops. Like at this point I wasn't like, are they journalists? Are they cops? Like what's going on? Yeah. I think they kind of like introduce you to the scene in like the middle of what Right. You know, so like, I, you don't see the beginning of it, but it's, like, they're already established, you know? Like, we yeah. usually see them walking in going, hey, we're agents, so blah, blah, blah. You know? Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, Sam says, pretty nasty bite. You know what bit him? And the mortician says she hasn't determined that yet. And Sam's like, come on, Doc, off the record. She says, okay, way, way off the record. If I didn't know better, I'd say the guy was attacked by a wolf. But unless I know that the zoo is missing one of their lobos, I'm going to go with Pitbull. I like my job. <laughs> Sam's like, one more thing. This guy was his heart missing, and it was. So, we, <laughs> yep. We cut to the boys' motel room. Dean is cleaning a gun. He asks the lawyer guy. The let's see. He asks this lawyer guy, the first heart-free corpse in town. That was weird. <laughs> the first heart-free corpse in town. Sam says. First man. Over the past year, several women have gone missing. Dead bodies all washed up later in the bay. Too deteriorated to draw firm conclusions. 
Dean says, but no hearts. Sam agrees and says they were all hookers working at Hunter's Point. Cops are trying to keep things under wraps, but they're looking for a serial killer. Dean says, and the lunar cycle? Sam says, yeah, month after month, all the murders happen in the week leading up to the full moon. Dean says, which is this week, right? And Sam says, hence the lawyer. Dean says, awesome. <laughs> Sam's <Yay>. like, <laughs> Dean's like, uh, wait, Sam's like, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> okay, Dean says, awesome. <laughs> Sam's like, Dean, could you be a bigger geek about this? <laughs> Dean says, I'm sorry, man, but what about a human by day, a freak animal killing machine by moonlight? Don't you understand? <laughs> Werewolves are badass. We haven't seen one since we were kids. Sam's like, okay, Sparky. <laughs> then you know what? After we kill it, we can go to Disneyland. <laughs> He's like, yay! <laughs> <laughs> this is the best day ever! <laughs> Dean says, know what the best part about it is? We already know how to bring the suckers down. One of these bad boys right to the heart. And he holds up silver bullets. He asks Sam what their next move is. And Sam says, talk to the girl who found the body. So we cut to inside Madison's house. She says, I don't understand. I already gave my statement to you. Sam says, right, well, we just need to verify a few things. She introduces Sam and Dean to her neighbor, Glenn, who is just leaving after dropping off a casserole. (laughs) Sam says to Madison, you must be pretty shaken up. You were Nate Mulligan's assistant, right? She says, for two years, yeah. Dean says, so you knew all about him. She says, probably knew more about him than he did. Nate was nice. Sam says, but... She says, nothing really. You just get a few scotches in him and you start hitting on anyone in a five mile radius. You know the type. <laughs> Dean looks amused. And While it's che- him, that's the problem. <laughs> and is checking Madison out <laughs> while she says this, which Sam notices. No shame. No shame yeah. at all. <laughs> Sam says, yeah, I do actually, referring to Dean. Dean asks her if he had any enemies and she says, what do you mean? Sure looked like an animal attack. Dean says, anyone that might have had a beef with him, a former client, an ex. She says, well, this is embarrassing, but my ex-boyfriend, Kurt, after we broke up, he went kind of nuts. He's been kind of stalking me. He's got it in his head that something was going on between Nate and I. He showed up at my office. Kurt got into it with Nate, threw a punch before security grabbed him. I was lucky to keep my job. Dean asks her when was the last time she saw Kurt, and she says, a few nights ago. Actually, the night Nate died. We were all grabbing drinks at this bar, and Kurt showed up. Dean says, and? Mm-hmm. and she says, nothing. It was like he was watching me, and then he was gone. Tell you the truth, he scares me. He's creepy as all get out, too. Yeah. Like, I, I would be a little bit nervous if I, somebody was, like, staring at me through a window. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A window. A window. <laughs> Sounds like windigo. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> so we cut to outside Madison's house. Dean asks Sam what he thinks. Sam says, stalker ex-boyfriend, he hates the boss, and he was there that night. Dean says, think he's our dog face boy? (laughs) Sam says, well, it's a theory. Dean says, we've had worse. So they decide to pay Kurt a visit. We cut to Madison in her house alone. She hears a dog barking outside and looks out her window, where she sees Kurt staring at her. Scratchy! Oh, you know what happened to me one time? Oh, no. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, so this is like... That so okay. This was right, right when <laughs> that guy who gave me PTSD. It was like we had just broken up, uh-huh. like a month before, and he was straight stalking me. Uh-huh. It was like he was following me around work and like after work, and like it was just I was living alone in the house I grew up in. Mm-hmm. So like my dad would work there during the day, and then he'd go to his girlfriend 
house in Seattle after work. Mm-hmm. They're married now, but they were just dating at the time. Mm-hmm. Totally not important to the story. <laughs> okay. So, um, so, um, that house is like secluded in like a wooded area. You have yeah. to go like up a hill for the driveway. Mm-hmm. And there are neighbors, but there's so much woods that you can't see you can't them. Really see, yeah. And it would take me like five minutes to get to their house, like down my driveway over mm-hmm. over to the walking street. Or yeah, walking. Dri- I was like, yeah. walking or driving? Walking. That's a big difference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then like to walk up their giant driveway and get to an actual house, it would take like five minutes. Yeah. So, um, uh, so we had that big snowstorm that was like, Oh, I'm going to say like six or seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And do you remember that? Yeah. It was like the last Vaguely, time we had yeah. some big snow, basically. Yeah. So I knew we were having a storm, obviously, and I got like all my, you know, food and like water ready and stuff. But mm-hmm. I was living there by myself. Mm-hmm. So like that happened to me and I got stuck there because my yeah. road, the road that um, that I lived on was like a two lane, like huge ditches on both sides, mm. like not well traveled. It's not like they plow it. You yeah. know what I mean? So just, it's, like so it's just like ice in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and just to get down out of my driveway, I wouldn't be able, like, you'd slide cause it was a hill and mm-hmm. you wouldn't be able to like, you there's know, not a wide enough turn. I wouldn't to... be able to stop. Yeah. And like a car would hit me if it was coming, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's so, and I would probably go right into the ditch on the other side. So there's just no way. So I was yeah. stuck there Yeah. and I woke up. So, so it snowed a lot overnight. Mm-hmm. And I woke up, and the power was out, and I um, I was looking outside the windows at the trees, and there were footprints outside, like, walking around my house. Oh, my God. So I went, and I, I went out there, and there were footprints. You went out there? Well, it was morning now. Oh. It wasn't nighttime. No, no, no. I'd be worried that they were still there, though. Well, in the morning, I was just like, is that? Well, I actually, I had to go out. We had a wood stove. Oh, so you had to get I had to firewood. go. I had to keep going out and getting more firewood. Mm-hmm. And, um, cause it was just like one of the worst experiences of my life. <laughs> like yeah. I'm getting anxiety thinking I about it. I was so anxious. There were footsteps, there were footprints all the way around my house. Ugh. Like it was terrifying. Yeah. But there wasn't footprints coming up my driveway. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't, I wasn't like, this is where they start. You know what I mean? It was yeah. so weird. It was just, it freaked me out. I called my dad and I was just like chain smoking because I smoked at the time. And I'm just like, ah, help me. I'm scared. Uh, yeah. so. I mean, I would be like, somebody, this is the end. You yeah. Know? Like, I spent two nights there alone. Yeah. Before my dad came and got me. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. It nope. was so scary. It's like, lock everything, you know? <laughs> yeah. It was scary. Eric and I weren't together at that point. We had broken up. We were broken up for about a year and a half. And, um, I remember I, I kept calling him because mm-hmm. we were friends, you know, yeah. but like my phone, I had to keep turning my car on mm-hmm. and charging it in my car and I'd yeah. sit there and smoke a cigarette and call Eric. <laughs> and like, we talked so much during that two days Yeah, because like one of my, my dad's business line, which is the landline still worked. Mm-hmm. So I just like sat in the basement and talked on the phone and <laughs> kept the fire going. It, yeah. it, was, it wasn't a fun time. No. It was a creepy ass time. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I would not be okay with any of that. Yeah. No. Anyway, so <laughs> she sees Kurt staring at her. So uh, we cut to Sam and Dean breaking into Kurt's place. They look around and Dean checks outside on the balcony. 
On the wall next to it, we see some very long claw marks leading down to the ground. Like something jumped and then grabbed on and slid Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. (laughs) So then we see a cop in the alleyway outside. He hears something strange by the dumpster and investigates. He gets attacked by something, and inside, Sam and Dean hear a gunshot. So they go outside and find the cop dead with his heart missing. Hmm. Dean says, I'd say Kurt's looking more and more like our Cujo. Um, Do you know the Cujo reference? Um, I think I've heard it. It was some. It's a book written by Stephen King about about a big, um, I think a Saint Bernard that goes that goes rabid. Yeah, some dog that goes all crazy. Yeah, Yeah. I think. Were you telling? You might have been telling me about that actually. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I've heard of it before. Like I know the name, Mm -hmm. and I'm like weird, like attack dog sort of thing but i don't know like where i heard it from yeah (laughs) Yeah. okay so sam says um, if he's out here we better check on madison so they knock on her door but glenn the neighbor opens his door to see what's up madison opens her door and sam says they should talk privately without (laughs) glenn dude you're a creep (laughs) yeah inside her place sam asks her if kurt's been over she says not exactly dean says what exactly does not exactly mean (laughs) she says well he was outside last night just looking just looking at me has he done something sam says we're not really sure dean says it's probably nothing but we just don't want to take any chances in fact one of us should probably stay here with you just in case he stops by i mean you know know. he asks her where kurt works and she says that he owns a body shop and then she goes to get the address after she walks away sam says all right you go i'll stay dean says forget that you go after the creepy ex i'm gonna hang here with the hot chick And Sam's like, what? I know. <laughs> Sam says, dude, why do you always get to hang with the girls? He's so jealous. Dean says, because I'm older. <laughs> Sam says, no, screw that. We settle this the old-fashioned way. So then they play rock, paper, scissors. Sam goes with rock, and Dean goes with scissors. Sam says, Dean, always with the scissors. <laughs> Dean says, shut up, two out of three. <laughs> they play again with the same exact results. <laughs> <laughs> Dean cannot play Rochambeau. Like, he is not. And with the times on that, like, he cannot do it. (laughs) I love, I love just, like, imagining all the times that, like, Dean has always picked scissors and nothing else. Like, Sam always wins, always. (laughs) Like, because he knows that that's what he's going to do every single time. I love it. Sam says, bundle up out there, all right? So we cut to later in the day. Madison offers Sam to sit on the couch because he's awkwardly hanging out at the table. Mm-hmm. He declines, and she's like, it's more comfortable, but he says he's fine. Mm-hmm. Later, she comes by with a basket full of clean laundry. She dumps it on the table and starts folding her thongs in front of his face. <laughs> no shame. Just like, hey, look at these. <laughs> I don't think I would have, because she thinks that they're cops, right? Yeah. I just would never have the balls to do something oh, like no. that. Oh, no. Yeah. Not even... No. Mm-mm. Yeah. Nope. Like, I would feel like that would be something that I don't know how, but I would get arrested for it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what sort of law I would be breaking or what would be good. Like, I would I would get in trouble somehow for it. That is hilarious. And I would not have the guts to do it anyway. So I know. wouldn't have the guts to do that with anybody. No. I don't even know if I would do that with Eric now. <laughs> I don't know. To me, like... I mean, underwear, I'd be like, underwear. "Here's my granny panties that I'm folding." <laughs> it's like, I don't even like. I don't even fold mine. I just throw them in a drawer. You yeah, know? me so too. So it's just kind of like, you know, I pick them out of the laundry basket, get a handful, and just throw them in the drawer and call it good. Mine literally know? live in a laundry basket on the floor. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> mine, I, I've, my laundry, I've gotten better because there's only like, I think we've only got three. I've got my hamper that I put my dirty clothes in mm-hmm. and then we've got like two laundry baskets and one of them is what Chris uses for his dirty clothes. And then there's like one extra laundry basket ever, but they're like always full. So you have to like, Hey, you need to do something with this. So that way I can get my clothes. Right, and like, right. you know, so it's like constantly when it comes out, you kind of have to like put it away mm-hmm. because there's no place to put it. Well, I made the mistake <laughs> of having three laundry baskets. So one of them is literally the socks and underwear for the whole family. And I'm always like, I'm going to match up these socks and put our underwear away. Nope. They're just, they're just in a, Ham- or not a hamper, but a basket on the floor. I mean, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. One day. One day I'll put them away. What you need to do is just, like, get rid of a laundry basket, so that way you, like, force yourself to, like, yeah, do things with them, you right. know? But... You just looked, like, off into the distance over my shoulder, and I was like, who's there? No, it, it was the me. Transformer balloon. Like, I saw the shadow on the ground moving from it, oh. and I was like, what? Yeah. And I was like, oh, never mind, it's fine. You know, like, me out. I looked up, and it was totally, like, reasonable. <laughs> okay. You freaked me out a little bit. I, like, wasn't paying attention enough to over there to, like, realize that it wasn't, like, you know, I just see a shadow moving out of the corner of my eye. I'm like, ah! Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> there totally are fine. like three other people in this house right now. <laughs> I thought you're... My mom's here. Oh, I thought she was gone. Oh, maybe she left. I don't know. No, I think she's here. I think she left and came back. Probably. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because then she ate cake, remember? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Today is my son's birthday. Happy birthday to the beastie. Yeah, he just turned four. It's been a crazy day. <laughs> so, she, like, she came down after dinner and then ate dinner. And then cake at yeah. the same time. I yeah. do remember that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think she's still here. So she uh, starts holding her thongs. <laughs> Not your mom. Not- oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Ah! <laughs> oh, no. That was a horrible transition. I don't feel good. I do not feel good. I'm going to drink this water. <laughs> and I don't feel good about any of this. <laughs> oh. Okay, so (laughs) Madison, not my mother, starts folding her thongs. (laughs) My mother's name is Faith, by the way. Seems important. Her two sisters are Hope and Charity. I mean, there's a theme. Yep. So Sam says, you know, I think I will sit on the couch. She smiles when he's not looking. So (laughs) Sam's phone rings and it's Dean. He says, let me guess. You're sitting on her couch like a stiff trying to think of something to say. (laughs) No. (laughs) Sam just asks if Dean found Kurt. (sighs) Dean says that Kurt hasn't been to work all week, but he's got a line on where he might be. Dean says, what's she wearing? <laughs> Sam says, bye, Dean. <laughs> then, Madison, then Madison comes over and sits ne- next to Sam on the couch and turns on the TV. It's a soap opera, and Sam rolls his eyes. <laughs> she says, I saw that. Okay, this is the deal. My house, my TV. I never get to watch my show, so suck it up. <laughs> I mean, it's a solid rule. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I mean, if this happened to me, I mean, you better believe I'd make this cop watch Supernatural with me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> really. Or you'd have to go some like 
super like cheesy Hallmark or something with it, you yeah. know, like especially Hallmark Christmas movies. No, okay, listen, I am all about the Hallmark life. Okay? I mean, they're totally fine, but like you just have to make it that much of like a I'm gonna make you suffer. You know? The like, only reason I wouldn't do that is because like half the time those movies make me ugly cry, <laughs> and I wouldn't want to do that. So I'd go with yeah. like tried and true supernatural. Like yeah. this is gonna lift my spirits up. It's gonna be great. I'm gonna open your mind to something amazing. <laughs> the best of. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So, sometime later, the soap opera is over, and Sam says, Wait, so Kendall married Ethan's father just to get back at him? She says, Yep, and now she's set to inherit all the casinos that were supposed to go to Ethan. Sam says, What a bitch! <laughs> like, okay. If you've seen Gilmore Girls, it totally reminds me. There's an episode where they, like get him into some, I don't know if it's like a movie or a TV show or something like that, and they're like making him watch this, and he's all of a sudden like super into it and like, well, what's going on? Like, this totally reminded me of that. He like went back into his Gilmore Girl days. And doesn't he say like, is this a TV show? And they're like, it's a religion. (laughs) Or like it's a lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Something to that effect. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I can't remember if it was a show or a movie they made him watch. Yeah, I don't know. So she says, admit it, you're hooked. Sam says, no, no, I wouldn't say I'm hooked. Can I ask you a question? It's a little personal. She (laughs) says, you've seen my entire underwear collection. Go ahead. (laughs) On purpose, too. I know. (laughs) Sam says, okay, well, you're clearly smart. I mean, your house is full of great books, you know, and you're independent. What were you doing with Kurt? She says, I don't know. I mean, it's not like he introduced himself. Like, hi, I'm possessive and controlling, and I like to punch people. Want to be my girlfriend? I mean, it's fair. Okay, How are you supposed to know at the beginning, you know? Yeah, everyone's on their best behavior, mm-hmm. you know? At least at first. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh. I'm all angry. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you just tell me you were going to stalk me? And I could just slap that whole thing. I could have like, just skipped everything. Uh, that would have been amazing. <laughs> anyway. God, I'm so bitter still. <laughs> says yeah well i guess we all make mistakes she says yeah well mine's wanted by the police (laughs) you want to know why i stayed with him really i was too insecure to leave sam says well i find that hard to believe i mean you don't really seem like the type she says yeah well some stuff happened my life changed i changed for the better i think sam asks her what happened and she says well for one thing i got mugged Sam says, and that's supposed to be a good thing? Mm. She says, I know it sounds strange, and don't get me wrong, it rattled me. But then it hit me. I could keep feeling sorry for myself, or I could take control of my life. I chose the latter. First thing I did was tell Kurt he had to go. Everything else just opened up, blossomed. It's all been wonderful, really. What, doesn't everybody think that being a victim of random violence is the best thing that ever happened to them? (laughs) Sam says, yeah, not so much. You're unusual. Unusual, unusual, like impressive. She says, you think so? Sam's phone rings again and it's Dean. Dean says, I found him. Sam says, good, don't take your eyes off him. Uh, We see that Dean is at a strip club and Kurt is there also. Dean says, oh yeah, my eyes are glued. And not to Kurt. (laughs) Not to Kurt. Look, Sammy, I gotta let you go. I uh, don't want to miss anything. And Mm -hmm. he holds up a dollar for the stripper. (laughs) Good grief. <laughs> this is not the first strip club we see Dean in. No. Yeah. <laughs> so. Or not the last, I guess. It is the first. It, yeah. I was going to say, it might be the first. Definitely not the last. Yeah. 
So we cut to nighttime at Madison's place. She says to Sam, so I'm going to turn in. Sam says, okay, yeah, well, I'll be here. If you hear anything, if you wake up, just call out. So we cut to Dean um, staking out Kurt's apartment. Kurt's window shatters, so Dean goes inside to investigate. Inside, he finds Madison, who has gone all wolfy, killing Kurt. Plot twist! I know. It's Madison. She throws Dean against a wall, and he manages to cut her with a knife. She escapes out the window while Dean passes out. We cut to the morning. Sam gets a call from Dean. Sam asks him if he's all right, and Dean says, you know, now, or he says, yeah, now that I'm conscious, the werewolf knocked me out. Sam, it's Madison. Awesome job of keeping an eye on her. (laughs) Sam walks into her bedroom, and she's asleep in bed. Sam says, Dean, I've been here the whole time. She's in bed asleep. Dean says, well, she wasn't an hour ago. Check her right arm. I nicked her with a silver knife. She wakes up. um, Oh, so okay. So then Madison wakes up and says, good morning, uh, while sitting up in bed. Sam sees the cut on her arm. She says, um, where are my pajamas? Mm -hmm. Because she's apparently not wearing them now. (laughs) Sam walks over to the front door and locks it. She's like, where are you going? And he says, I'm not going anywhere, and neither are you. So we cut to some time later. Madison is tied to a chair (laughs) and Sam's got his gun out. She says, you're psychotic. The whole I'm a cop trick. God, I am so stupid. Sam says, well, I guess neither of us are who we said we were, huh? She says, Sam, you're sick. Okay. You're imagining things. Monsters don't exist. Not really. Sam says, you know what? Save the act. She says, it's not an act. I am not a werewolf. There is no such thing. It's made up. All right. They're not real. They're not real. Sam gets in her face and says, no, then where did that cut come from? And points to her arm. She says, I don't know. Sam, God, you need help. Please don't do something that you're going to regret. I'm not what you think I am. I'm not. Then Dean knocks on the door and Sam lets him in. Dean says to Madison, how are you doing? My head feels great, thanks. Sam pulls Dean into the other room so they can talk privately. Sam says, she says she has no idea what I'm talking about. Dean says, she's lying. Sam says, or maybe she really doesn't know she's changing. Maybe when the creature takes over, she blacks out. Dean says, like a really not incredible Hulk. (laughs) Dude. I know. She ganked her boss and her ex-boyfriend. That doesn't sound rash and unconscious. Sam says, but what if it was, Dean? What if some animal part of her brain saw both of those guys as threats? Hell, the cop, too. Dean says, are you... uh, Dean says, are you the dog whisperer now? (laughs) Which is pretty funny when you think about it. Caesar Milan. Yes. <laughs> Sam says, look, man, I just, I don't know. There was something in her eyes. Dean says, yeah, she's killing people. <laughs> Sam says, but if she has no control. Dean says, exactly. Even if she is telling the truth, it's not going to change anything. Sam says, I am not putting a bullet through some girl's chest who has no idea what's happening. Dean says, Sam, she's a monster. You're feeling sorry for her? Sam says, maybe I understand her. Look, there might be another way we can get the job done without having to waste her. Dean says, are you thinking what I think you're thinking? Sam says, dad's theory. Lycanthry, like, I can't say this word. Lycanthropy. There you go. (laughs) Lycanthropy (laughs) might have a cure. If you kill the werewolf who bit you, severing the bloodline. Dean says, might have a cure, meaning who the hell knows. Sam says, it's worth a shot. So Dean says, we don't even know where to look. The puppy that bit her, it could be anyone, anywhere could have been years ago sam says no i don't think so and they go back to madison sam asks her when she was mugged and she says it was about a month ago she says she didn't see the guy because he grabbed her from behind sam asks if he bit her and she says how did you know that 
Sam asks uh, where, and she says on the back of her neck. So Sam checks out her neck, and she has a little tiny scar. Not a bite. It doesn't even look like a bite. It's just mm-hmm. like a tiny little, like, half circle. That with I don't know. It didn't, yeah. it didn't really look like a bite. Yeah. Dean says, well, that's just a love bite. Believe me, that could have been a lot worse. Where were you at the time? She says, walking home from a friend's loft. Sam says, let me guess, not too far from Hunter's Point? And she nods. So Sam and Dean go into the other room to speak privately again. Sam says, same place where those other murders happened. I'm telling you, it's the werewolf's hunting grounds. Dean says, maybe, but that doesn't mean it's going to be out there tonight. Sam says, it's the right time of the lunar cycle. I know it's a long shot. Dean says, you're forgetting something. Madison's probably going to turn soon. We can't let her take off. Um, We can't let her take off to an all-you-can-eat buffet. Sam says, I'll stay with her. Dean says, if she busts loose, Sam says very quietly, I'll do it. I'll shoot her, all right? But Dean, I need you to go out there. At least go look for the thing. Dean, please, we can save this girl. Dean looks very skeptical, but says fine. So he leaves, and we see that Madison is crying. She says, please, just let me go. Sam says, look, I know you're scared. I also know that there's no way in hell you're going to believe me, but I'm doing this because I'm trying to help you. I'm not going to lie, all right? The odds aren't exactly in our favor, but if this goes the way I I pray it does, I'll untie you, and I'll walk out that door, and I'll never come back. You'll live the rest of your life, and I'll just be a bad memory. Okay, he looks so sad about that, though. Yeah. Like, you can tell that he actually, like, really likes her and doesn't want to, like, just walk out of her life. Mm-hmm. And he's sad that she's, like, terrified of her, of him. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to be the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we cut to a scantily clad girl walking the streets alone at night. <laughs> Who looks like a crazy Britney Spears at first. <laughs> <laughs> she does. I think she's supposed to be a hooker. because They were talking about hookers being out there. Yeah. So I think that, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what she was wearing wasn't like hooker ridiculous. It was just not very much clothes. Yeah. I mean, it was like a clubbing sort of outfit. Yeah, maybe, it, you yeah know, like, exactly. So um, she's walking alone at night. She hears a wolf howl. We cut back to Sam and Madison. She's still tied up, and Sam is looking out the window at the full moon. Then Madison turns, and she knocks Sam down and scratches his face. He manages to trick her into a room and barricades her inside. Back with scantily clad girl. (laughs) A werewolf is pursuing her and attacks her, but Dean shoots him. The girl looks out... um, the girl looks at Dean in horror and then runs away, and he yells after her, Hey, don't mention it. <laughs> Dean goes, fine. I saved your life. I know. <laughs> if somebody looking like Dean saved me from a werewolf, I'd, I'd be like, hey. <laughs> I don't know what Thank I'd you. be. I'd probably be I'd like. I'd probably still be freaked out, though. I'd probably be like, you know, I need a hug. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, you. <laughs> hold, hold, hold me. <laughs> hold me closer, Jensen Ackles. <laughs> I'm not going to go with cat the headlights on the highway because, I mean, it would make sense, but not necessarily in this context. Yeah. <laughs> Count the, I got nothing, never mind. <laughs> I got nothing either. I'm just glad it worked. Okay. Um, so Dean goes to the dying werewolf and it's Madison's neighbor, Glenn. He says, it happened again. Where am I? Help me. Oh my God. And then he dies. So we cut to the morning. Sam opens Madison's door, and we see claw marks all over it. Sam says, it should be over now. You'll never see me again. We cut to Sam and Dean and Baby. Dean says, it was sort of sad, actually. Glenn had no clue what was going on. Hey, why do you think he turned Madison instead of just killing her in the first place? 
Sam says, I don't know. He kind of seemed to have a thing for her. Dean says, maybe his primal instinct did too. Maybe he was looking for a little hot breeding action. <laughs> Sam says, yeah, something Jeez. like that. <laughs> Dean says, so speaking of Madison, <laughs> you liked her. Maybe. Sam says, she thought I was a stark raving lunatic. Dean says, you saved her life. Sam says, but she doesn't know that. Then Madison knocks on Sam's window and says, you know, for a stakeout, your car is a bit conspicuous. <laughs> what are you still doing here? Dean says, honestly, we're pretty sure you're not going to turn tonight, but we got to be 100%. So, you know, we're lurking. <laughs> it's fine. I know. <laughs> Sam says, look, I know this sounds crazy. She says, it sure does. Well, if we're going to wait it out, we might as well do it together. So they all go back inside her place. She says, you were telling the truth, weren't you, about everything. What you did, it was to help me. I did all those horrible things when I turned. Sam says, you didn't know. So Sam and Madison stare at each other for a really long moment. <laughs> and Dean notices. <laughs> she says, so when will we know for sure? Moonrise? Sam says, no, I don't think so. You turned in the middle of the night last night. I think we got to hang out until sunup. Dean says, well, it looks like we got ourselves a few hours to kill. Poker, anyone? So we cut to nighttime. The moon is up. Sam and Madison are lounging on the couch. Dean takes out his gun, and Sam and Madison both look worried. Dean says, oh, no, you guys talk. <laughs> so we cut to all of them watching the sun come up. Madison says, does this mean it worked? Sam says, yeah, I think so. She says, oh, God, thank you. Thank you so much. And she hugs Sam. Uh, for a long time. <laughs> I love it was a good you. hug. It was like, I'm gonna pet you here. I'm gonna squeeze you here. Oh it was one of those hugs. <laughs> I'm never letting go. Yeah. <laughs> so Dean awkwardly clears his throat and she says, Thank you too, Dean. <laughs> Dean says, Ah, oh, don't mention it. So I'm just gonna head back to the hotel and watch some pay per view or something. <laughs> I'm gonna make myself scarce. <laughs> As he walks away, he pumps his fist in the air. Go Sammy! <laughs> he leaves and Madison says, that was smooth. <laughs> Sam says, he means well. She says, he means he thinks you're going to get laid. Sam says, look, I know I scared the crap out of you, all right? I mean, I tied you to a chair. She says, that's right up there with me scratching your face. Sam mm. says, there's just no way we could go back, you know, to before it happened. She says, you're right. There's no way. Then she jumps on him. <laughs> and they have a great boffing scene. <laughs> I was impressed with their boffing. Okay, just listen. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, we haven't seen Sam have sex yet, right? Is this Sam's first sex scene? I think so. I think so, too. We've seen Dean have sex with Cassie. Mm -hmm. And we were not impressed with the choreography. Remember? <laughs> it was just awkward. It was, yeah. yeah, it was just awkward. But this is, this is, they had the right music to it, I thought. Mm -hmm. It was um, a lot of close-ups of, like, lips and shoulder blades. <laughs> <laughs> you full-on analyzed this. I did. I did. I, I was, I was just, I was noticing that their quality of filming it was much better than the last time. So, I liked it. I liked the sex scene. I was fine with it. I also really like this actress quite a bit she's yeah. um she's in lost girl which isn't a show that's on the air anymore but um it was um 
after this episode of Supernatural, so she's like maybe ten years older, mm-hmm. um, and she plays kind of a badass bad girl, mm-hmm. and I just love her. <laughs> I love her. So, mm-hmm. so I got to see her naked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. <laughs> so great bopping scene. We mm-hmm. cut to the nighttime. The moon is up, and Sam wakes up to Madison all wolfed out and growling at him. <laughs> she escapes out the window before he can do anything. So we cut to Sam and Dean's motel room. Sam pounds on the door and when Dean opens it Sam says she turned I couldn't grab her in time Dean says we'll find her Sammy so some time later the sun is coming up Sam says to Dean I already called Bobby he doesn't know anything except he knew severing the bloodline wouldn't work he asked everyone and they all say it's impossible to reverse it Dean says how come she didn't turn when we were with her so what you put her to bed and then she wolfed out maybe she's got to be asleep to turn Sam says, what the hell does it matter? we got to find some way to help her. Some legend we missed. Dean says, if there was, don't you think someone we know would have known? Sam says, well, then we have to look harder until we find something. Dean says, Sammy, I don't think we got a choice here anymore. I hate to say it. She's a sweet girl, but part of her is... Sam says, evil? Dean says, yeah. Sam says, that's what they say about me, Dean. So me, you won't kill, but her, you're just going to blow away. Then Sam's phone rings, and it's Madison. She's calling from a phone booth. She doesn't know where she is or how she got there. So we cut back to Madison's place. She says, I don't remember anything. I probably killed someone last night, didn't I? Dean says, there's no way to know yet. She says, is there something else we can try to make it go away? Sam says, we'll find something. There's got to be some answer somewhere. Dean says, that's not entirely true. Madison, you deserve to know. We've scoured every source. There's just no cure. I thought that said core. And I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Wait. What am I reading? Okay. There's just no cure. Well, we could lock you up at night, but you bust out and some night you will. Someone else dies. I'm sorry. I am. She says, so I guess that's all there is to it then. Sam says, stop it. Don't talk like that. She says, Sam, I don't want to hurt anyone else. I don't want to hurt you. She picks up the gun off the table. Sam says, put that down. She says, I can't do it myself. I need you to help me. Sam says, Madison, no. She says, Sam, I'm a monster. He says, you don't have to be. We can find a way, all right? He's like, you're my lady love. (laughs) I know. I'm going to save you. She says, you tried. I know you tried. This is all there is left. Help me, Sam. I want you to do it. I want it to be you. Sam says, I can't. She says, I don't want to die. I don't, but I can't live like this. This is the way you can save me. Please, I'm asking you to save me. Dean takes the gun away from her, and Sam and Dean go into the other room. Dean says, Sam, I'm sorry. Sam says, no, you're right. She's right. And Sam is crying, and so am I. (laughs) I was like, fine, until Sam started crying. And then I was like, oh, Oh, no. Sympathetic crier. I am crying. (laughs) Um, Dean says, Sammy, I got this one. I'll do it. Sam says, she asked me to. Dean says, but you don't have to. But Sam says, yes, I do. He holds his hand out and says, please. Dean reluctantly hands him the gun. Sam says, just wait here. Then Sam goes back to Madison, and we stay with Dean. The camera closes in on Dean's face, and he single man tears. (laughs) Then there's a gunshot, and Dean flinches and credits. (sighs) He feels sad for baby brother. Oh, 
this is a hard one for me to watch. Yeah. This was a really hard one. I just, I, uh, <laughs> it's so it's too sad. Much. Yeah. It's Sam, too much. Sam really lets himself care about someone again. Yeah. I, I mean, this is truly the first time he really does after Jessica. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's like the first girl that he's really shown. I mean, I guess other than, oh, um, Sarah. Yeah. This is the first girl that he's actually, like, shown interest into, like, you know what? I'm actually just gonna go there, you know? Right. It's like, I can do it. It'll be fine. And then it's like, look what happens. Right. Exactly. (laughs) It's terrible. Also, it's really weird that they, like, have to fall asleep to turn. Like, that's... I don't think that is what happened at all. Because remember when she was tied up in the chair, she turned. This is true, yeah. So, I think that was just um, Dean asking, speculating. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah. Odd. Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> so, okay, do you think Sam, this is this is my big thought for this one. Okay. Do you think that Sam wanted to be the one to put her out because he wants Dean to be able to do the same thing for him? No. Like, I'm gonna... Is that, I, that never like, crossed my mind. I don't know. That was kind of what it, like, you know, he's like... Almost is kind of like you like I'm gonna do this, but also like you you might have to do this at some point. So like mm-hmm. here's you know like I've got to be the one to do it. You've got to be the one to do it. You know sort of situation. Yeah. That's so know. interesting. I never thought about that before. I mean probably part of it. Yeah, you I mean, know what not I mean. Like the only reason. Yeah, you know, but. I think I th- in my mind just watching it, I think that he only does it because she asked him to. That yeah. she said specifically. I want you to do it. Yeah. You know, and not, not Dean. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I don't know. It's just the same conversation though that Sam has had with Dean a bunch of times. Like you have to be the one to do this. Right. You know? So. Right. I don't know. It's interesting. Like it may or may not even be a thing, but it's just kind of like. It's "Hmm." an interesting parallel. Yeah. Yeah, For sure. Yeah. I never thought about that. Yeah. The weird. My my mind could go down many bunny trails with this one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I like it. Anyways, so that's pretty much it for my thoughts. That was, like, the big thought that I had. The rest, like, the rest of it was just dramatic and, like, no, save her. Yeah. What was your favorite moment? So my favorite moment when Sammy goes, is when Sammy goes all chick flick and is like, what a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was good. He's, like, I don't know. It was something about, like, kind of, he went all Gilmore Girls, but also he was just, like, girlfriend no you know like, yeah totally what happened you know? <laughs> <laughs> and i really enjoyed it yes yes <laughs> the sassy came out mm-hmm. <laughs> but so what was your favorite moment um i have two <laughs> one was a sex scene <laughs> <laughs> it was a good se- i'm just so impressed <laughs> I'm so impressed. <laughs> I'm glad they've upped their game. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And I liked the scene right when they were, like, when they were, you know, sleeping. Mm-hmm. It's one of those classic shots, I think, that you see of Sam all over the internet where he's got the sheet down on his hips <laughs> and his and she's sleeping on his arm and he's yeah. all six-packing out. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not fair. No people should be that attractive. <laughs> like, yeah. leave some for the rest of us, okay? I know. I liked it. (laughs) I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's just not fair. Right. 
Right. And then my other favorite scene was when she decides to fold her underwear in front of him because she knows what she's doing and he gets so uncomfortable. He's so awkward. Yeah. And she just is like smirking to herself about it. I just (laughs) thought that was funny. Yeah. Yeah. That that was pretty good. (laughs) So our interesting facts from this episode. Um, The first one is Dean introduces himself and Sam as Detective Landis and Dante. John Landis directed An American Werewolf in London and Joe Dante directed The Howling and both are 1981 werewolf horror films. I have not seen those movies. And you know what? I don't remember them introducing themselves as... I did write it down. You did? Yeah. Huh. Okay. Because I was like, it, it was more of like a... There, like, there's got to be a reference in there somewhere because, like, all of their names right. are like references somehow, usually. So yeah. it's kind of like, okay. Well, I guess I didn't go over it or write that moment down because I don't remember it at all. Yeah. I, I vaguely remember it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so second one is Madison is the second love interest of Sam's to die, the first being his girlfriend, Jessica Moore. And I have to take over this <laughs> because Rochelle I just it. can't do it. Okay. I can't. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> I'm just gonna repeat this. Um, this is my favorite interesting fact that we've ever read. Okay. So Madison is the second love interest of Sam's to die. The first being his girlfriend Jessica. Sam Winchester's penis has been dubbed the peen of death. <laughs> Dude. I just can't, like, I can't keep a straight face through it. Like, I can't read. I, I just, like, I, I can't make it through the sentence without cracking up. So, pain of death due to the propensity propensity for the women Sam has sex with to end up dead. Although, not from the actual act itself. <laughs> just coincidentally. Yes. They all die. Yes. I mean, not all. But... <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so uh, the last interesting fact, <laughs> a little less scandalous. <laughs> um, so Jared Padalecki says that during the filming of the final scene in this episode where he has to kill Madison, in order to find the emotion, since it was still early days and the actor said they weren't as tuned into their characters as they are now, Jared thought about the traumatic experience of having to euthanize two of his beloved dogs, Sadie and Harley. As a result, he got extremely emotional, and those are very real tears. Jensen Ackles backed that up, saying his own emotions on screen welled up because he knew how much it would hurt Jared personally to have to call up those emotions and suffer through them in order to have Sam be visibly upset on screen. Jensen's tears came as a result of watching his close friend go through such painful emotions. They love each other. (laughs) They do. That's so sad. You could tell those were real tears from Jared, too. Mm -hmm. Both of them. He was, like, full-on crying. He wasn't just, like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is going to be terrible. But putting dogs down. (laughs) Okay. And both the werewolf and the dog. You know, like, the connection is too, like... It, it can't be passed. You have to yes. mention it. And that's but, probably why he was like, well, I can make this connection quite easily. Yeah. yeah. Like, a dog and a dog. You know? Yeah. Like, loosely, but still. Ugh. Yeah. So anyways, so our haunting and research or slash research about this one is, you know, funny enough, on werewolves. So <laughs> this is from ViralNova.com um, and it's uh, eight accounts of werewolves throughout history that seem oddly real. Okay. So the first one is 1521 in 
Poligny, France, a man was walking alone when he was attacked by a wolf, but was able to wound the creature considerably. Stumbling further down the road, he noticed a man nursing a wound similar to the one he'd just inflicted. The man turned out to be Michael Verdon, who, after being questioned by authorities, admitted to having made a deal with a devil for the ability to become a wolf. He even named two other werewolves, Philibert Montot and Pierre Burgot. Philibert, what a name, (laughs) as his accomplices in the murders and cannibalism that were plaguing the region. No honor amongst wolves. (laughs) Yeah. But Philibert. (laughs) (laughs) Just reminds me of filibuster. (laughs) I mean, yes. (laughs) Like, what a name. I gotta say, I have not heard that one before. Really? I think I have, actually. Yeah. I mean, maybe something similar, but definitely not Philibert. (laughs) So the second one, Giles Garnier was for a long time a lonely hermit living in a cottage outside of Dole, France in the 16th century. But when he got married, the stresses of providing for his family made him desperate. Garnier, like most... Like many newly married bachelors, realized the disgusting way he was living before wasn't going to fly for his lady, and he had to figure out a way to get more food. So he asked his ghost buddy to give him a potion that allowed him to turn into a wolf as he wished. Hmm? Apparently, he just hangs out with ghosts. He's just got a ghost buddy. Like, that's too... I don't know. Anyways. All right. (laughs) Around this time, children began disappearing. It didn't take long for the townspeople to point fingers at the former hermit. During his trial, he pleaded guilty to crimes of lycanthropy, which apparently was a thing back then, and he was burned at the stake. Oh, my God. So he was just eating children? Apparently. Or feeding them to his family? Yeah. Like, I need food. Here's some children. Like... Oh, my God. Nope. Mm Mm-mm. Ugh. Anyways. (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> number three. In 1589, Pete Stubb admitted to being a serial killer and murdering 14 children and two pregnant women from the town of Bedburg, Germany. After being tortured while strapped to a wagon wheel, he confessed to something else. As the flesh was being torn from his body, Stubb suddenly remembered one other little thing, that the devil had given him a magic belt that allowed him to turn into a wolf when he wore it. This must have slipped his mind before the torturing. <laughs> What? Oh, sure. Some of these sentences. <laughs> so, the townspeople removed his head and placed it on a freshly killed wolf's body. That's what they thought of people who engaged in lycanthropy. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. But there is something in the, like, the belt made of, or whatever, the, the like, that there's, I've, I've heard this a lot, that there's a special item, like a, like a, not a shirt, but like, you know, a scarf or a yeah. belt or something. Some that clothing will, accessory that or will, whatever, you know. That will make you turn into an animal. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I don't want to come in contact with one of those. <laughs> mm-hmm. What's with all the children killing? I don't know. Like, what the heck? I'm having a rough time with it. <laughs> this one doesn't have kids. Okay. I'll skip any of the ones that have kids. Okay. So, in 1598, a local tailor from Shawlands. France was charged with so many horrible atrocities that the court insisted all the documents from the trial be destroyed. So, like, they can't even, like, look at the records of it because they're so terrible. Or couldn't, I guess. So, among the charges, the tailor was accused of luring children. It's fine. It really is okay. We won't go far from, because it gets worse with the children. Um, (laughs) When his charms didn't work, he would turn into a wolf and hunt them down at night. Yeah. The charges weren't without evidence. Barrels of bones and blood were found deep in the cellars beneath his home. Ugh, God. Sketchy. Um, yeah, like, why are these all about children? Okay, it's okay. We're skipping. No, no, you can read them. No, that one. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. Um, 
so let's see. This one's okay. Okay. So number six, <laughs> nobody knows how this got of, out of hand, but in 1640, the town of Greifswald, Germany, was overrun by a whole pack of werewolves. After many foolish attempts to battle with the wolves with regular bullets, a group of students decided on a whim to melt down all the silver in the town and use it to create shinier bullets. Because apparently shiny means okay, shiny work. I don't know. (laughs) Nobody else had a better idea, so they rolled with it and apparently stumbled upon the alleged werewolf's one weakness. Huh. I mean, okay. So next one in 1685, the town of Ansbach, Germany, was being terrorized by a werewolf. When the town found out that the creature, when the town found out the creature's true identity, they understandably felt betrayed. The creature turned out to be the mayor of Ansbach himself, whom everyone thought had died a few weeks before. After the wolf was killed, he was dressed in the mayor's clothing and hung by his neck. They just wanted to be sure, I guess. Wow. (laughs) I don't know. That's crazy. Okay. Um, Let's see. This one. So the wolf was naked and they decided to put the clothes on him? I guess. It says, after the wolf was killed, he was dressed in the mayor's clothing and hung by his neck. So So the creature was killed... And then they dressed it in the mayor's clothing because they figured out it was the mayor. Okay. Maybe just in case the body turned human again, they didn't want to see dangly bits. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no visions of sugar plums <laughs> dancing in their heads. <laughs> Pain of death. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That will never not be funny, and I will never be able to say it with a straight face. Like, ever. <sighs> Anyways, okay, last one. So, when a man, na- when a man named Thies was tried for lycanthropy in Jurgenburg, Livonia. Livonia? Hmm. I don't know where that is. Hmm. I wonder if it's, like, in 1692. So, maybe it's one of those that was, like, used to be there and isn't there anymore? Yeah, something else now. I have no maybe? idea. I don't want to just assume that so if you're from know, there yeah. give us a shout out yeah man. like i have never heard of this before and you. i kind of want to look it up yeah. after i'm done reading this off my phone yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways yeah in 1692 wait hold on the man was tried in 1692 he pled guilty but then proceeded to give the court one of the most bizarre testimonies in history while he admitted to being a werewolf, Thies also claimed that werewolves weren't inherently bad. In fact, he said that his kind had been at a, been in an eternal war with the witches to save the country and possibly the world. This is like some sort of weird, like, the originals, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, the reason crops sometimes wouldn't grow in Jurgenberg was because... <laughs> Jurgenberg. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that guy from the Muppets. Jurgenberg. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so apparently crops wouldn't grow because the witches had taken the grain down to hell interesting huge battles occurred during the christian holidays of saint lucia pentecost and saint john which also happened to coincide with seasonal changes over the grain between the two forces thieves claimed that werewolves werewolves (laughs) good grief werewolves weren't evil in fact they were hounds of god 
Okay. The court eventually sentenced him 10 lashings for sounding like a crazy person. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's crazy to think that a singular idea has existed for so long in the collected conscious of the human race. Is it a proof that werewolves actually exist? Probably not, but I have to admit, it's something I think about every time I stare at the full moon on a dark night. Clearly oh. from the author and not me. Right. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Very interesting. Like, hmm. Yeah. I mean, and it's so interesting that all of these are from, like, the, 1600s, the 1600s or yeah. the 1500s. Yeah. Like, apparently, ever, like, after that, it just wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. There's a time period. <laughs> but It is distressing how many children were involved in those stories. Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah. Like, apparent, I mean, okay, from, like, a predator standpoint, from any predator, like, animals go after the young or the weak because they're easy you know they're easy to get to they're easy to like single out Mm -hmm. so i mean if that's where they're going with that then Mm -hmm. i get it not that i like it but i get it right right so anyways (laughs) so what was your is it or ass butt moment from this week oh man okay so um i was getting ready for work the other morning and I get a phone call from my on my phone, obviously. <laughs> and it's um it's a number I don't recognize, but it's not like an eight hundred number or anything. And you know, it just looks like a cell number. So mm-hmm. I let it go to my voicemail because I don't answer that shit. Yeah, you know, I mean, who would? Yeah, I wouldn't. Totally. I never do. Yeah. And so, and they leave a voicemail. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm gonna listen to this. Yeah. And it's it's a it's an automated like it's it's definitely a recording. It's mm-hmm. definitely a recording. Yeah. And it's definitely a real person doing a recording Mm -hmm. and it starts like in the middle of the recording you know what I mean like I missed some parts of it Mm -hmm. um and it said that they were oh god I don't even know I don't even know because I was so traumatized (sighs) it was like um telling me that my my claim number was blah 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 and that I'm being charged with tax fraud Mm. And that they can help me and if you send me this amount of money then we can figure it out, you know. Yeah, it was yeah. just it was just talking about like tax evasion and tax fraud and, and the claims against me and you know, if I don't respond to this call then it's indirect violation and Yeah. Blotty blotty blotty. And I was and so I you know, I hang it up and I'm like I'm already sitting on the toilet pooping at this point. <laughs> Like, like oh, I can't even make it. Through yeah, this and I'm like, this is probably fake, right? Yeah. I mean, this is probably fake, but I haven't heard of this scam before. You yeah. know what I mean? It was just like a different type of thing. Yeah. And so I was just like so nervous, and I went and I, like talked to Eric about it, and he was like, it's totally fake, and we were like googling the numbers, mm-hmm. but it just said like someone's cell phone. It didn't give me like a real person. Yeah. But it said like this is a cell phone. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, you know, it's probably, I mean, it was a recording and it's not like the recording like broke up before they said the claim number. Like it mm-hmm. was all one smooth recording. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they, they just. They probably read it so many times to so many different people. They're just like, eh, here. You it's know? probably just one thing. There's probably yeah. no other. Like, yeah. That know, also, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I was just, but it, it like, it shook me up a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause like, I mean, I pay my taxes. There's no like evasion or like tax fraud going on. Yeah. But I was like. You know, if somebody steals my identity, can Mm -hmm. this type of thing happen to me? I have no idea. So here's the thing. Like, I've actually heard of this before. Mm -hmm. Like, and I saw, because 
there was a thing going around with different, you know, people claiming to be different things saying like, you have to do this right now or else, you know, like you're, you can get in trouble and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. We're like, actually, so the, it was bad enough. The IRS actually sent out a statement that was like, listen, we will not like call you and say, here's this, like you have to take immediate action. They mm-hmm. said, if anybody says like, you have to do this right now, it's fake automatically. Like, okay, it doesn't matter what, you know, like, and that's the same with any, and they're like, with any sort of phony phone call or whatever, like anytime anybody says you have to do this right now or else yeah it's fake okay and that's that's what I thought I'm like anytime I've had anything to do with the government yeah you know it I've gotten mail yeah I've gotten mail about it mail or if they do call you I would think that it would be some variety of like hey call us back we have questions or we need to talk to you or something like Mm -hmm. that rather than like giving out information yeah you know because like that would that would be sketchy grounds because if they like you know, dialed the wrong number on accident and, like, left a voicemail with all this personal information for somebody, like mm-hmm. a claim number or something like that, like, they could get in a lot of trouble for that. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah. It was just, like, I'm always, like, really anxious before work anyway, so mm-hmm. I was already in kind of, like, this state. <laughs> oh, no. And yeah. then this happened, and I was just, like, uh mm-hmm. And it just, like, it just ruined my whole day. And, like, yeah. you know, I fully, like... I got through like an hour of it and I was like, okay, this is totally fake. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not in any trouble. I would have gotten something in the mail if this was, yeah. you know, actually happening. Mm-hmm. But it just like, it just like ruined my whole day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was just, it was, their wording was convincing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the point, right? Yeah, like, totally. That's what they want you to. Yeah. Think. And that's a out. lot of time. Like they, a lot like people that do that in general like whether it's saying they're the IRS or whatever you know like they especially target like older people too yeah. like that's one of their things because I mean half most of the time they don't know right so like with the technology and all that sort of stuff they're like it could be true and so they'll call and like give them their routing number or mm-hmm. you know bank information or whatever and mm-hmm. you know that it was, yeah, I mean, with my great-grandpa, so he's got dementia, but this is when he was, like, with it still, but not, you know, and so he sent, there was a couple of different times that this happened, like, once was an email, or tw- a couple times was an email, and they're like, you need to send us all this information, so that way you're not in trouble, and he did it, because he didn't know any better, right. and they got, like, a fair amount of money from him. And, um, which I don't know how that whole thing worked. I mean, I was young enough to where I was like, I have no idea what y'all are talking about. But, Mm -hmm. um, and then it happened over the phone once too. Like they called and they were like, you need to give us this information or whatever. And he was like, okay, because he didn't want to get in trouble. And it's like, well, but yeah. So they do that a lot. And that's how they get people is usually it's scaring them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So just know public service announcement for anybody <laughs> like yeah if they say you have to take immediate action it's fake like right. don't listen yeah <laughs> okay so well it ruined my fucking day so thanks a lot <laughs> thanks a lot uh, anyway it still sucks yes. yeah what uh, was your idiot or asshole moment so my i'm not sure if this is more of a my brain was an ass butt moment <laughs> okay without getting into details why this whole thing came up I had a lovely panic attack. <laughs> oh, no. Like, the first one that I've ever had, right? And so I'm kind of like, okay, this has never happened to me before. What's going on? Because I'm, like, 
laying there in bed and I was clearly worked up, you know, and all of a sudden just like starts sweating. And I'm like, what? Because I'm always cold. Yeah. And it was like, I got really, really warm. Like I could feel my hands and feet were super warm. Like I started kind of like body sweating and I was Mm -hmm. like, what in the world is going on? Why is this happening? So I like throw off the covers, right? And I'm like, gosh, like who turned up the heat? You know, like what's going on? And then all of a sudden I started to get like kind of dizzy and I'm like, oh no. So of course I like sit up and I like got my head between my knees going, what is going on? Yeah. And then the whole like hyperventilating and oh, rocking and worst. crying and all that sort of stuff. It was it was great, but yeah. So that was my ass butt moment. My my brain decided that it was like screw you, have a panic attack. I'm so sorry so, that happened. I, I mean, know how awful that is. It it definitely wasn't fun, and it it took me. I think it took me a while to calm down, mostly because it hadn't happened before, and I was like, what is happening? You're to like, me? am I dying? Yeah. You well, know? and it doesn't help that like Chris is like, do you need to go to the hospital? I'm like. Like, a lot no, of people yeah. a lot of people do go to the emergency room when they have a panic attack. Yeah, which, that's a that's a common thing. I'm yeah. not saying you need to, yeah. but I'm saying it wouldn't have weirded them out at all. No, and I I was with it enough at that point cuz it had been going on for long enough to where I was like still freaking out, but like I I was kind of able to at that point go, "Okay, like I'm having a panic attack, just like try and breathe, calm down, you know, like mm-hmm. do it." And I'm just like, "There's nothing. I can't get comfortable." You're like, "What's going yeah. on?" You know. But at that point, I was kind of like, if I go, what are they going to do? You know, like, they're going to trank you up is what they do. Yeah. And at that point, like, mm-hmm. OK, but, yeah, you know, other than just striking me up and sending me home, like, what well, that's, yeah. you know, it's kind of like, I'm not pay- I'm not paying for an urgent care visit for this, you know, right. like, no way. So anyways, but yeah, that was my aspect moment, my brain. Freaked out and I'm decided so to, you know, go AWOL for a little I had bit, my but. first panic attack, I think, when I was, like, 19. Mm-hmm. And I might I might have – that's the first one that I I, real, I truly think I had. I mean, I was mm-hmm. very anxious as a child and had, like, OCD. Mm-hmm. But I think a real panic attack happened when I was 19. Yeah. And I had repressed something that I suddenly remembered mm. and had, like, started having panic attacks. And it was the same, like – Oh, it was a horrible time for me. It was the same week um, at that as 9-11 happened. Oh. So which was, everybody was worked up for that, So, too, yeah, it know, was so. that. It was, I think I got in a car accident, and my dad thought he had rabies, and <sighs> there was a whole, I, like, the list goes on and on. There was mm-hmm. a whole lot of things that were happening yeah. all in one week. Because when it rains, it pours. You yeah, know? <laughs> and it was just, I had, like, a little, like, nervous breakdown. After I don't, I don't, yeah, I did. I did. I had to stop. Yeah. I did. I had to stop going to, um, I had to quit my job and I stopped going to college. I was just going to Green River Community College at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, because my repressed memory involved a guy that I was in a couple classes with. Yeah. And so Which doesn't help. And, <laughs> and so I couldn't, I couldn't even sit in a class, like in a classroom environment. Mm-hmm. I get panic attacks now. Yeah. Which I mean, means I didn't finish college, which really sucks. But I mean, but to keep yourself at more of like yeah. a stable, you know, like that's totally acceptable. You even, know? <laughs> even some like like work related meetings, if they remind me too much of a classroom, I lose it. Hmm. It's totally lame. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> this is fantastic, man. <laughs> this is perfect. <laughs> yeah. So it's really, you know, the, one of the things that really helps me when I'm having a panic attack is to get some ice and stick it on your sternum. Mm-hmm. Totally try it if it happens again. Yeah. 
Well, and I mean, I could see just like where the sweating, because you're overheating, right? And yeah. you're sweating and just like, oh, like mm-hmm. I could see where it would be like enough of a shock to your system. was like, oh, like kind of almost not snap you out of it, but at least help like calm you down because mm-hmm. it's something else to focus on. It cools on down your core. Yeah. When I, I was, I just took a, or took a, I had an MRI one time and I was like really, really anxious in there. Mm-hmm. And the nurse care or whoever it is that does that, the technician yeah. brought me an ice pack. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, this will cool your car down and calm you down. And it really worked. Yeah. Well, so totally try it if it happens again. Yeah. Just like immediately. I think we've got one ice pack. <laughs> yeah. Or like a bag of frozen peas or whatever. We've got so much frozen corn. <laughs> okay. That's perfect. <laughs> okay. Funny story. Yeah. So I, I, chicken and dumplings is one of those things that I can make. I don't have to have a recipe for it. it but mm-hmm. like, I've made it a couple of times now and I always forget that we have frozen corn. Oh no. And so I always go and buy more. Oh no. And at one point I decided to get one of the big bags of frozen corn because I'm like, that way I won't have to go again for a long time. And so we've got like three bags of frozen corn now. Oh my god. And it's like, oh, there's so much frozen corn. You need to just like make that shit. I know, but like what do you do with it other than I mean, I guess you could just heat it up and use it as a side. You know, yeah, like that's what I've we do. done that. Just, it goes good in mac and cheese. I haven't put it in mac and cheese. You should try it. It'd be interesting. It's pretty good. I'm good with like trying new things. I don't know if Chris would like that. It doesn't have much of a flavor, to be honest. No, you know it what I mean? just. I think it might be a texture thing. Oh for yeah. Him. Okay. Like. I don't know. It, I don't think it would bother me too much. It might be a little bit weird at first, and then, but I, I'll like I'll try anything. Yeah, yeah. We're like. He thinks that, like, tuna and macaroni and cheese is, like, the worst thing. Not because he's ever tried it, but because he, like, thinks it's weird. Oh. I don't know if it's, like, and part of it is he doesn't like tuna casserole, so he's, like, I "I wouldn't like that. And it's, like. He might not if he doesn't like tuna casserole. He might not, but also, like, you can't say that you. Here's my my rule with food, with anything, and this is how I was raised. Like, you can't say you like, don't like something until you've tried it. If you've tried it, it is perfectly acceptable for you to say you don't like it, because if you don't like it you don't like it but you have to at least try it first right and like it drives me bonkers like kids are different because they no i don't like that like okay whatever but yeah like when people are so like oh i don't like that it's like well have you tried it well no but i know i don't like that and it's like how can you know that you don't like it if you haven't tried also, it? Also, yeah. like, you're acting like a child yeah, when like, you say that. Like, come on. Because like, <laughs> that's a child thing. Like, like, I'm not saying you have to eat it. I'm just saying you can't say you don't like it until you've tried it. You right. know, like, and if it ever comes up that you try it and you don't like it, fine. But until that point, don't say you don't like it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you can, yeah. I don't know. Killian's doing that right now, and it's irritating the crap out of me. Yeah. We're trying to be like, hey, like just try it mm-hmm. and he's just like I don't like it I don't like it I don't like it I don't like it but that's expected with a kid though. that's true you know like they're anything that's something other than like chicken nuggets and hot dogs and macaroni and cheese and that sort of stuff is like too much yeah a lot of times like yeah. I don't know it's so strange how kids like that's always what they gravitate towards mm-hmm. for some reason is just the I don't know if it's because it's, I mean, it's not like it's bland foods necessarily, right. you know? So. Yeah, I don't know what it is. He uh, likes he, he likes chicken of all sorts. Yeah. So that's nice. But he yeah. is a picky eater. Yeah. And it really sucks. Yeah. It really sucks. Mm. He was fine with, like, carrots and broccoli. But now that, like, we're trying, because he's chronically constipated. <sighs> he's on baby Miralax <sighs> for a long time. Yeah. And so um, 
he was fine with like carrots and veggies and now that he has to eat them mm-hmm. like he has to mm-hmm. he doesn't like them yeah and it sucks yeah it sucks so bad same with fruit i'm like you need to eat like half of what you eat has to be fruits and veggies it should be more than half yeah but we're going for half because it's hard to get you to half right yeah. now yeah i mean yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's like it's just like a constant fight <laughs> yeah i mean he'll get over it yeah. especially i feel like because he has liked them before, it's not like it's something that he's never liked, you know? He'll probably at some point realize, oh, I do like those and I'm just going to eat yeah. it again, you know? It's just because he has to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how people are, though. Like, yeah. if you have to do something, you don't want to do it. But if you don't have to, you know, Yeah, that's fine. true. Yeah. That's totally true. It's a human thing. <laughs> Stupid humans. I know, right? <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> God. Uh. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, well, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. You can email us at idgitsandaspetspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out or visit our Facebook page, Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.